Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon and we hope it blesses and encourages you. welcome you this morning uh, to our service. This is, again, as Chad said, a very unique service. Uh, one of the things we talked about this morning in our prayer time beforehand is in Romans chapter 12, it talks about how we are to walk together uh, as a body, and it's titled actually Love in Action. And one of the things it says in there is that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice. And uh, that's part of being uh, in a community or in a family when uh, God does something great in someone's life, uh, we uh, rejoice in that and support that. And so uh, we have a great accomplishment here and we're gonna talk a little bit about it this morning. And so uh, we're gonna go ahead and have a seat here and you're gonna get to listen in on our interview this morning. So we're glad you're here. Am I gonna fall off? No, I hope not. That would really not be good. So guys, I, um, I wanted to just start out, uh, when Tammy and I were preparing uh, this particular interview, uh, one of the things that came to my mind was this whole idea that God gives each of us dreams. He really does. Uh, all through the Bible, you'll see that God put dreams in the heart of people. And uh, Tammy and I were talking this week, and there's a, a psalm, Psalm 126, that many people believe that Ezra wrote when uh, the children of Israel went out of captivity went, and went back into freedom from Babylon. And let me just read this because it's a, a little bit of the theme that we're going to talk about today. So starting in verse 1, it's a short psalm, Psalm 126. It says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed dreams. Filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. So this is this idea, this uh, psalm of dreaming dreams. And I know for Tammy, uh, not only the dreams of a husband and the dreams of a family and the dreams of ministry, the dreams of ultimately writing this book. Talk to us a little bit about those dreams and the dreams that, that God gave you. Yeah, um, Dave and I were talking about uh, dreaming dreams and doing hard things and in regards to, you know, writing a book, um, I would think, well, this isn't, the, this isn't the first hard thing I've had to do. This isn't the first dream I've had. And when um, when I would feel overwhelmed or underqualified or unworthy, all these things, right, Russian, I would think, well, I had other dreams, right? I was single and I dreamed of a nice, kind husband and 
couple kids. And <laughs> so uh, I saw God come through for me in very big ways when I felt unworthy and unqualified and, and scared and my faith, you know, wavered. And I would think, okay, if you go back, I think about this in parenting and in, in life. You go back and you think of the things that God has done for you, his faithfulness historically, and you build on that. Well, I prayed, and not genie in a bottle. I prayed, and this happened, so now I've got two more, you know. Uh, but uh, God's faithfulness, that he is for you, and he wants good things for you, and he has big dreams, big plans for you, and he put dreams inside of you. And so I was saying, like, my dreams kind of lined up with my life. Is that, like, God said, I thought, hey, I think I'll go try out for the NFL. <laughs> I was like, writing was always in me. And then when he said, um, okay, write this book, I thought, oh, gosh, that's a big, big task. But we serve a big, big God. And the dreams are big because God is big, and he has huge plans for you. I'm like, I think I want a kind husband. And then this happens, right? And I'm like, careful what y'all wish for. Careful what you <laughs> wish for. And I'm like, maybe I'll have a couple kids, and then all this happens. And so it felt the same for me with like, I think I'll write a book, you know, and it's not just me, it's in here. You know, God's voice is that idea that seems too good to be true and bigger than you and you hear it and you think it's yourself and you're like, mm, that's silly. And then you're walking along and boom, it hits again. And you're like, mm, that's silly. Don't do that, don't dismiss it, that's God. That's how God is, too big, too good to be true, probably God. Right, and so, um, I don't even know what you asked me, but, <laughs> um, but God is faithful, he is big, we can do big, hard things, and you build on, um, build on the faith, his faithfulness to do the next hard thing. So, yeah. yeah, so one of the things that always amazed me in scripture, mm -hmm. and you know, guys, I think this, this relates to all of our lives, is that you do see this pattern in scripture where many times God will give a person a dream. He'll give them a purpose. And then they have to go through this incredibly difficult process. Uh, you know, one of the more famous stories in the Bible is the story of Joseph. And Joseph in the Old Testament, Joseph was the favored son. And he had these dreams uh, when he was a young man that he was going to do something significant. He had this dream that he was going to uh, eventually rule uh, over his brothers. And uh, he began to share those dreams, but then the process of what he had to go through to see those dreams fulfilled. I mean, Joseph had to go to the pit. Joseph had to go to the palace, to the prison back to the palace, this whole process. And that always struck me because you see that pattern in scripture. You see it even with King David. King David, as a young man as well, was called to be the king of Israel. He's anointed for this, this call and this purpose. And yet 14 years later, he's still not seen it fulfilled. He's a fugitive. And so... Talk to us a little bit about the process for you of, okay, so God gives you this dream of a family, yeah. and then he gives you this dream of writing a book, um, and you're excited, but then there's this process. 
<laughs> yeah, um, the, the Bible in uh, uh, Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire realizes like a tree of life. And so I feel like that's how I, that's the, the, the head space I live in. <laughs> it's like you've got these dreams, but then you also have this life. So I don't know if you've ever felt like that hope deferred. Um, makes the heart sick, but be encouraged that desire realizes when it finally comes to fruition, whether you're believing for a family or believing for a husband or a career or anything, that, 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 oh, I, that impatient sickness, that's biblical. And I feel like that's to urge you on, but desire realized is like a tree of life. And um, I've always, I was telling Dave the other day, I've always written, I was a young little girl, I would always write and uh, journal, blog, and write on the school newspaper, and wrote for some magazines back in the day. And, but the idea to write a book, I thought, okay, I should write a book. Or people would say, you should write a book. Because I have four beautiful children. Uh, parenting is very hard. And um, people would say, oh my gosh, you should write a book. That's a crazy story. I'm like, you want me to write a book? You like what you see? You want more of this <laughs> in writing? Okay. <laughs> You know, and I really didn't know what they meant. You should write a book because the stories were crazy or um, my techniques in handling it were admirable, but probably both. Um, but then I always say, I want to write a book about parenting, but sometimes I have to stop and parent, right? So um, it needed to happen so I could write about it. Or, you know, I would think there are years it would go by and I would walk past my office and it would like call to me. The Bible says deep calls to deep. And that's that. And you should recognize that in you and in your children, too. What makes them tick? What makes them come alive? What do they dream about? What can you not put down? What do you like, oh, what do you need to get to at the end of the day on Saturday or Friday night? Or what thing, you know, hopefully your passion and your purpose and what you're doing for a living align, but not always. But so here I was like parenting, at which I felt called to. It was the greatest pleasure and honor of my life to raise these four. They're so fabulous. If you know me, you know I'm like an unhealthy way obsessed with the four of them. And, and um, but I, so I had a parent, but then I would want to write a book. And when am I going to write a book? At two in the morning, it's from two to five is when I'll write my book. You know, in the writing world, they call it writing in the cracks. And uh, you just had to carve out time. And there were years and years and years would go by and uh, my office would just call to me and then Chad would take over my office and the dust would collect in my office. And I'm like, I'm never gonna do this. And then, uh, then, then a pandemic hit and I had nothing else to do but sit in my home. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna do this. I'm just gonna, my, I'm very undisciplined and um, I don't have a great work ethic. <laughs> and so I'd rather have fun. I'd rather go shopping. I'd rather go run and play. But, um, but this deep calling to deep. This, I knew I was supposed to write a book. I knew I wanted to write about parenting. Parenting is very hard. I always say parenting is tough, but so are you. And I wanted to, I was like, gosh, this is hard. This is hard stuff. I wonder, I wonder if everybody else out there is struggling like I'm struggling. Are they crying? Are they uh, feeling underqualified? Is shame creeping in? And as I would parent, I would think, I need to tell other women. I need to help other women. I want to note to self, write this down. This worked. Note to self, write this down. This didn't work. <laughs> so you want to tell somebody, learn from my mistakes, right? And so it was such a crazy ride. My family's so fabulous. I thought I need to write all this down, help some moms. And so I would literally write on napkins. 
Right, Chad's like, they're so, it's like um, that movie, A Beautiful Mind, right? <laughs> and like, you're going to my office, there's just paper everywhere. And I would write on napkins, I would write on, on note cards, back of business cards, anywhere I could think to write and just tuck it away uh, for a rainy day or a pandemic. <laughs> and then, then I just got to, got to work. So it's that hope deferred, I feel like, that keeps dreams alive. And it's biblical, and I think, why do I feel so, ugh, God, I want to do this. Why can't I do this? I say all the time, why can't I do this? I told Chad, um, do you think I'll ever write this book? And I have like three or four more in my head, but this particular one, and he would say yes. And then I said, do you think I'll be like 50 or something? That's what I would say. (laughs) Tomorrow I'll be 52, by the way. But um, I would say, do you think I'll be like 50 before I even write it? And he'd say, yes, yes, I do. I think, oh, that's so horrible. You're so mean. Why would you say that to me? But because life, right? Life was so, so busy and so, so hard. I was so tired at the end of the day. And I think, I don't know when I'm going to write this, but God kept um, whispering to me. And when I would get alone with him in the car, in the shower, y'all know me. If you know me, you know God speaks to me in the shower. Or when I blow drying my hair, it's white noise. That's what it is. And um, he, I would say, am I going to write this? And he would say, yes. And then he would give me some words, or he would recall a story. And um, so every time I would check with him, because it was just an idea, you know, maybe he'd go, yeah, you know what, maybe not, let's move on to this. But I would always check in with him. I always say, am I supposed to do this? And he'd say, yes. Okay, in church, during worship, I would hear him, uh, yes, this is what you're going to do. And I would see it, I would see it, I would envision it. And so, um, so that's kind of the process. So, yeah, you know, we've talked a lot about this, and I would tell people a lot that probably the most challenging thing that I've ever personally done is raise children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you come in with a lot of expectations, and you come in at times with idealism Mm -hmm. for your family and what you think your life is going to look like and, and all that. And then uh, you, we inevitably do go through hard times. And the thing that I like about your book is you obviously talk about um, how to navigate that as a parent, as a mom, as a strong-willed mom. But also those principles apply to life. Yes. Because, you know, yes. life tends to hit us in the face sure. at times. And yes. so talk about the principles. As do children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> um, so talk about uh, just the principles yeah. in the book yeah. and, you know, why you wrote those. And sure, so um, the strong little mama. Um, like I said before, uh, that parenting was so hard, and I thought, huh, I'm on to something. Not on to something, I'm the best mom in the world, and let me tell you how. Uh, because it's definitely, if you've read it, it's not a how-to it's more of a yes, you can. You can do this. I did it. You can do this. And um, the notion of, you know, raising strong-willed children, uh, Rachel and I were talking about this before, and I wanted to make sure and say it, especially with my children here, that um, being strong-willed is a really good thing. It's a really good thing. And if you have toddlers or children under 10, I just hear me prophetically. It's a really good thing. I promise you. And um, that it takes a strong will in you to raise uh, particularly strong-willed children. And when I say the term strong-willed, I think um, 
last night, Sean and I were going to bed, and I was hearing the Lord. He was trying to sleep, and I kept hitting the bed. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Because um, uh, I feel like strong-willed children, are in this generation particularly, is God's answer to the evil and the depravity going on around us and rising up around us. And um, the Bible says the wheat and the tear will grow together. And I was reading last night um, about the wheat and the tear. Let's see if I can pull it up. And it said, um, but while the man slept, this is a, a farmer, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, weeds, weeds among the wheat. We'll use an alliteration, weeds among the wheat. And he went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and they said to him, Sir, um, did you not sow good seed? Like it was his fault. Like, wait, are you not Christian? What's wrong with your children? Are you not raising good kids? Like, I thought, I thought y'all were Christian. <laughs> I am. <laughs> they're, their own, they're their own person. Um, from whence, oh, now I've got King James. From whence hath it come? He said unto them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, um, anyway, so the enemy came. Here's what it says in Matthew 13. The enemy came and he sowed seeds while the farmer and his servants were sleeping. And he sowed seeds and then they, here's your crop. It's your wheat and your weeds at the same time. And they said, do we remove them? He said, nope, let them grow because um, at, at the right time, there's gonna be a harvest. And we're gonna need the, the wheat and the weeds are gonna go grow together. And so I feel like this, I feel like this generation of strong-willed children is God's answer to the weeds. And I feel like God said, I see your evil plan, devil. I see your plan, I see your purposes, I see your evil in the world, and I raise you, this generation of strong-willed children, and like put all his chips on there. <laughs> this is my answer, there you go. And guess what? We, mamas, we get to raise them. And so we need to be strong-willed, because they're strong-willed, not like, ugh, my bratty kid. That's not it, that's, oh, my world changer. Look at your child and see a world changer, see a movement starter, see a, um, a pastor, a business owner, a professional athlete, whatever the leaders of the world we need, um, and to stand up in the face of evil. I've seen, not to call my kids out, but, um, but to call my kids out, um, you know, one of my, my kids when they were little, we go to the grocery store and they want a balloon or a buddy buck, a blessed buddy buck, my goodness. And I feel like that's prom just promoting gambling with the buddy bugs. But, <laughs> but he would go up, he'd, he'd leave and be gone, and he'd be bartering with the guy about a balloon or a buddy bug at three years old without me. And I'd think, oh, my goodness, off he goes. But do you know what? That's a, that's a businessman. That's a salesman. That's an uh, evangelist in training. And so be encouraged that strong-willed is a good, good term. It's good in them. It's good in you. And together... Right, I think that combination is on purpose. It's it's um, divine in, in order to change the world. And so um, the concepts in the book, pray your way through it. You got to pray your way through it. You got to invite God in. You got to surround yourself. You got to recognize the strong will in your child and in you, and and capitalize on it to the glory of the Creator. Right? What do you want to do inside this home? What do you want to do with these children? Ha, strengthen me. 
That's what I'm saying. Strengthen me so I can strengthen them so we together can change the world. I'm all about obedient children. That's fantastic. Sit here, eat your dinner, put your pajamas on, go to bed, do your homework. That's not changing the world. <laughs> That's not gonna change the world. So I don't mind a messy, strong will at all because like I said, it's gonna change the world. And so, um, t- but in order to do that, it's really, really hard work on some parents. It's, I can say it all day long, but it is really hard work. And so the book was birthed out of, this is really hard work. Let me reach back, let me reach back and help some mamas going through this so they know that one, this is a good thing, and two, you can do this. You can absolutely do this. You're called by God. This is his plan. He puts you guys together. Um, a couple important things to surround yourself with the right people. Find some other mamas who get what you're going through. I get what you're going through. Come talk to me. Come talk. Find people who get what you're going through and, um, and let them spur you on and find a little tribe so you can lean on them. You gotta lean on your tribe and be like, you're never gonna guess what went on today. <laughs> like, oh, well, guess what went on today. I'll, I'll see you that. Um, pray through it, find your tribe, stay encouraged, invite God in. Like, this is the call in your life. This is the call in your life. I wanted, I wanted to do it and do it well to the glory of God and have him say, well done, good and faithful servant, right? What are you called to do? Do that with all your heart. The Bible says in Colossians 3, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto man. So even in parenting, there'll be naysayers who don't understand what's going on inside your house. They don't understand what you're doing. They don't understand why your kids are the way they are. That it's, that's, not, that's not up to them. This is between you and God and your family. You shut that door, raise your kids unto the Lord, not unto man. Oh, well, oh, wow, oh, oh, wow. You're like, move along here at Target. Moving along, push your little red card. Keep on going, good to see you. <laughs> nothing to see here, nothing going on here. <laughs> Keep on moving. So uh, I don't know if those are some principles in the Yeah, book yeah, that's really- Also apply to life, right? Yeah, so like one of the ones that ministered so much to me uh, was what you hit on a second ago was how we really do need people mm-hmm. in our lives that strategically come along and encourage us. And like, I know like even reading about King David in the Old yes. Testament, and we kind of referenced that at the beginning, guys, that here David had this call on his life to ultimately become the king of Israel. And he goes through all this adversity. You find for 14 years, he's on the run. He's a fugitive. He's being falsely accused from Saul, all this stuff. But he had a friend named Jonathan who would come to him and encourage him in his moments of wanting to give up. David was ready to give up many times. And Jonathan would come to him and say, no, no, you're going to be king. You're going to be king. And I know for my life, not only in my call, but my parenting, in life, there were strategic, I can tell you there was a time in my life where I was going to get out of ministry and out of pastoring. Mm-hmm. And I, because some people had said, oh, you know, this maybe isn't for you, whatever. And I had other people who came alongside me and like, no. Mm-hmm. Let me encourage you in this. Mm-hmm. Dave, I see this in you and so forth. So you talk about that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the folks here, 
are encouragers for you, and they have some rara. What? <laughs> 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 That's so fun. I love it. Come on, that was weak. <laughs> Come on. Thank you so much. That, that was, was much better. That was good, you guys. I think Tish thought I was going to forget about it. She was yeah. like, she did. Yeah. She was like, he's going to, I was just waiting for the right time. Yeah, it's so just fun. Waiting for the right time. We need that. I always think like the, the um, okay, you go. But guys, like for real, like I remember reading this uh, <laughs> article years ago and it was from this world famous swimmer and mm. she had set out to swim from uh, off the coast of California to, to the California coast. And the first time that she did it, she uh, got um, like 20-some hours into to the swim, and this fog came over the coast. And she kept swimming, and her mom was in the boat. And she kept asking her mom, you know, where are we? Where are we? You know, and, and she finally, she gave up. And she got into the boat, and the fog broke, and she was literally just a few hundred yards off the coast. And she decided to do it again a few months later. Crazy story. She's swimming. She gets to the same place, and a fog comes onto uh, the, the scene in the same way. She swims all the way to the coast, and when they asked her, what got you through the second time, she said, it was the people in the boat, and I kept an image of the shore in my mind. I, I, I knew it was there. And so I love that part of what you write about in terms of just getting, because with parenting, I mean, I can't tell, guys, I, we had really strong will. Our first two were really, really strong-willed, really strong-willed. I mean, it was a challenge. And I can't tell you how many times I felt like um, giving up, felt like a failure, coming to church yeah. after all the wrangling, and it's like you have to walk in with a smile on your face. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. like, right, We went to a church where the kids had to be in the whole service most of the time, and it's like, yeah. and they wanted them to sit really, really still, mm -hmm. and, and mm. you know, we'd be like, sit in the seat. <laughs> You know, but it was, it was, it yeah. was, uh, it was hard. It felt like Groundhog Day. Sure. Yeah, it does. Dun, Especially if you have a lot of kids. You're like, where are we doing yeah. this? How many times am I going to yeah. pour a bowl So of talk cereal? about yeah. that aspect mm -hmm. of just people and encouragement and finding yeah. others. When I did the little uh, Facebook Live with uh, Leslie and Ann, we were talking about, what's your favorite part of the book? Whatever. And I, I said, my favorite part of the book to write was the part about finding your, that we're stronger together, finding your tribe and finding your people, because that was one thing for me that, um, you know, I was this Christian woman and I homeschooled my kids and I wanted them to be perfect. And um, you, for me, I felt like it's a reflection on me. I, if I do this, then I am a good mom. And if I can look like this out in the world, then I am a good mom. But I mean, 
Like, Chad's behavior isn't a reflection on mine. I don't know why we do that with children, that their behavior, and not that my kids aren't bad, but children's behavior is a reflection on me. Now, you could do something horrible, and it would, it would be a reflection, but I'm saying in general, our identity is not wrapped up in what our kids do or how we raise them or whether they're loud or rowdy or running around. You know, that, that has not, they have their own free will from the get-go, but in the parenting world and in the mama's circles, there can be a lot of shame and I feel like shame leads to isolation, and isolation leads to shame, and it's a vicious circle. And then nowadays with um, social media, you can sit there and, and, and feed your own shame, looking at everyone's like perfectly curated, matchy-matchy outfits and, and <laughs> pictures on the beach, and um, you know, mine with sand in my eye trying to take a picture. <laughs> and you think, what is wrong with me that I can't do this, and I can't do it well, and I can't do it right? And, uh, and then you're fake, then I would be fake out in public. Oh, yes, everything's good, we're good, we're good, everything's fine, it's great in here. And then close the door and cry because parenting is so hard. And so um, when I found a couple friends who were also raising some world changers and finding it difficult, um, it was refreshing to me. And I was um, struggling with toddlers and my friend Crystal um, she saw me and she said, oh, you really struggle. And I was like, you think I'm struggling? <laughs> what makes you think that? <laughs> and um, she said, me too. And I was like, you too? You're struggling too? Tell me, like, you tell me a story and I'll tell you a story. But then, then we forged this uh, friendship and we forged sort of an alliance. And it's like this no judgment, no condemnation circle and added a few others in and, um, and we could call on our worst day and we could call on our best day and we could call with a crazy story because like, you think, oh, no one's going through what I'm going through. Everyone's going through what you're going through. <laughs> no one's kids act like my kids, you know. And I'm, I'm talking about toddlers. I'm not talking about anything big or major. I'm talking about a uh, feisty toddler who don't want to sit still. I'm talking about things like that. And, um, uh, but you think, and you feel so exposed like, oh, my kid knocked something over. Or, oh, he pulled something off the shelf at Target. Or, oh, whatever. And you're just tired by the end of the day. And if you can have a friend to lean on, not someone who says, oh, my kids don't do that. <laughs> moving, I'm moving on. Moving on. Good. <laughs> Good for you. And, um, and pray together and call each other, like I said, on your worst day. And I found finding um, a, a tribe of peers, right, other moms, I found um, immersing myself into a church community where I could be more than a mom, where you can get in your church community and you can find, not, not on an unhealthy way, but you can find your identity in serving. You can find your, you know, find um, other things that bring you to life so that you're refreshed when you go back to your children. You can serve. You can um, use your gifts and talents. You can go to a luncheon. You can go to a Bible study. You can join a running group. There are other ways to feed your soul than your identity is in parenting. And then also I really found um, uh, joy in making my family my, um, my tribe and having just shutting the door and the six of us having a game night, the six of us cooking in the kitchen and turning on music. Those are some of my favorite times, even if it goes south, which it often does. We're not good at board games. <laughs> Someone's like, I'm done here. <laughs> and sometimes it's me. Uh, <laughs> 
Chad will take down a five-year-old. He doesn't even care. You know, we play board games, and I'll be like, baby, let them win. You need to let them win. And like, they feel, and he's like, why? Why would I let them win? And he's like, boom, sorry. Do not play sorry. Do not play sorry in my house. Because we're like, sorry. And then you're like, boot your little, I waited two hours to get my red guy out. Sorry. <laughs> but those are, that's what memories are made of, right? Those are the times. So we want everybody to sit still and be quiet and say, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. I mean, be nice. <laughs> It'd be nice. But I write about in the book, parent the child you have, not the one you wish you had. And uh, this is who God gave me. These are the people God gave me. I wouldn't have it any other way. And when you look at your children that way, it's um, liberating. That it, your identity is not wrapped up in how they behave. And also, they're so fabulous. I would love for my identity to be wrapped up in how they act. You know what I mean? And so, um, finding a community of women or other parents who you can lean on. The Bible says um, in, I think, Genesis, Moses um, when he was weary from the battle, um, he would, you know, he would, he's supposed to hold his staff up. And when he held his staff up, there was victory in the camp, right? And when he would lower his staff, um, they would be defeated. And so his two, his right hand, left hand men, his two best men pulled up a rock, told him to sit down, pull up a big comfy white chair, it's the equivalent, pull up a big, um, shabby chic chair, sat a minute, and, um, one on each side of him lifted his arms into the air and they stayed there and they kept his arms up until he was victorious and when he would let it down, um, defeat. And um, they, they held his hands up until he was victorious and he won the battle. And that's what finding a community is like. People like my friend Crystal who's not here, Julia, my neighbor, and Leslie and, and others who will, um, and April of course, uh, fight with you and stand with you and cry with you and encourage you and strengthen you that this is really tough But so are you and you're so called to do this thing And then I also think that applies to life in Amen. general, right? Yep. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, we are so honored to have you in our body uh, and on our teaching team uh, You have contributed so much uh, here at renovate uh, the book is a blessing. I know it's not only blessed people so far, but I, I really do believe that uh, as it goes out all over the world, uh, the spirit in which it's written uh, is going to be a great encouragement uh, to so many people and to so many moms who are going through uh, that challenge. And so we just honor you today. Uh, we want to pray for you because we, we know that God is building a platform and I know there are other books and so forth and so uh, I'm going to have uh, Willie come down and um, we'll have um, Chad come up and we just want to pray for Tammy and then we'll close uh, in prayer and so let's just pray for her oh, you can stand up so good, so life-giving, so encouraging. There's wisdom in there, Lord, and, 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 and all of this is for 
not only your body, but, but the world outside of your body, Lord, to be able to be encouraged and see light and see victory and believe, Lord, who you are. And just all the things that Tammy said today about identity and, and just, you know, that the strong willed is good. We praise you, Lord, that you have, you know, poured into her these truths that you have given her, Lord, the time and determination, Lord, to be able to sit down and put it all together, Lord, into a, into a great work that's going to be a great blessing. We ask, Lord, that you would spread it uh, out into the world, spread it out to the people who need it, which are many, and that it would become, uh, you know, just a, a, a great work that she knows with so much you and, and, and is able to see the blessing, Lord, uh, that it was, that the work was worth it, that you were glorified, that lives were changed, and that she is encouraged, Lord, to, to go in further and do more of the things, Lord, that you would have her to do. Awkward praying for your own wife. Okay, but Father, I thank you for Tammy, uh, and really what this, uh, taking something that's been a dream in her heart for years, and causing her to bring it forth. Thank you for the message that it's not about perfection, but it's being on purpose for you and seeing your purpose in our children. We pray that as we go forth from today, that you would bless her, that you would bring her rest after this season, and that you would bring forth further gifts inside of her. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, Lord, we do. We thank you for Tammy. I thank you for uh, just the calling and the purpose on her life, Lord. I thank you for her courage, Lord, um, to never give up, Lord, to keep pursuing you and pressing into you. God, thank you again, I agree, for um, just this um, truths and the message that you've given her. I do pray that it would encourage many, 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 many moms and people. Lord, bless the work of her hands, Lord, and even in the, the other uh, books and things that are in her. I just pray for a supernatural grace over her, Lord God, and we thank you for her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, we want to, as we close the service, uh, as we close, sorry, there we go. As we close the service, um, we wanted Tammy to pray for our congregation because we really believe that there's calling and purpose on every single person sitting here. And that God has dreams for you, for your life, for your future. And many times it, it gets challenging uh, in the midst of those. That's kind of the message that, that came out today. And so we want you to just stand to your feet and uh, we want her to just pray over us as a congregation uh, for the dreams and the purpose that God has for you. First of all, thank you for the signs. It was a big surprise, and I'm, I'm all about words of encouragement, and so I'm going to take them and put them up in my um, beautiful mind office, my nutty professor office. I'll put them all up there. So thank you so much. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, I do want to pray for you all. Um, I want to pray for two things. I want to pray that God would stir up dreams inside of you. And then if any uh, weary moms, um, I'm going to pray for you too. So, uh, Lord Jesus, uh, I just pray uh, thank you for today. What a blessing. 
but just a fabulous dream come true. God, you continue to amaze me. Um, the Bible says in Ephesians 3.20 that he is well able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever dare think or ask according to the power within. And uh, that's been true in my life. And I pray that over everybody in this room, that you would know that you serve a God who can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever dare think or ask. What are you thinking about? What are you asking about? He's gonna blow your mind. And so God, I pray that you would begin to stir dreams. You would begin to put ideas and inventions and, um, and businesses and movements and books and um, uh, schools. Someone wants to open a school. I pray that you would bring these ideas, bubble them up, speak to them wherever you speak to them and bring it to fruition. If you're scared, just know in the Old Testament, the Bible says over 11 times, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. I say fear be gone in the name of Jesus. And like fear is a cap and we're blowing the cap and out are coming all these ideas, all these creations, all these businesses, all these corporations, all these movements, all these schools, all these restaurants um, to your glory. All these children, I pray for uh, women who are believing for a family, believing for children. I pray that that's an idea too, a big family, that's a big idea. And God is well able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever dare think or ask in Jesus' name. And I wanna pray for the weary moms this morning. Galatians 6, do not grow weary in doing good because in due time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. And I was putting that together with that Matthew and the, the wheat and the tare grow together, but there's a harvest coming. So do not grow weary. You're in the weeds, do not grow weary because you will reap a harvest and you are called to this and God is going to help you. So Lord, I pray that you would not only breathe on our dreams, but breathe on the weary, heavy hearts, men and women, moms and dads, that you would breathe on our weary hearts. I pray that we would run to you, Jesus, with our burdens. His is light. Give him yours and then take his. He can shoulder all your burden and you just get to run free through the tulips, <laughs> through the blue bonnets. You get to run free. And so Lord, I pray against fear and I pray for freedom and I pray for joy and I pray for peace and I pray for energy and excitement and ideas and, um, and uh, perseverance and strength to come forth today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are so glad that you joined us for us. I hope you were encouraged today. Thank you. So we're going to go into the coffee shop. We have some great desserts. We're going to go there and celebrate for a few minutes. We'd love to have you come and join us. There's a book table there set up, a t-shirt table. There's an incredible family photo booth area that you can take uh, photos with you and your spouse or you and your children or just you or you and Tammy. Yeah, that would be good with your signs. 
So guys, we're gonna close the service and we're gonna head down to the coffee shop again out to the right. And uh, thank you so much for coming. Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you were able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.